Shalom to all. Today's office tennis off Yod. We are starting the fourth word on the Duff. And today's office sponsor, Lilu Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Maisha, Her Nisham, Shanavanolia, and Lilu Nishmas, Rabbi Yasef, Yantav, Benarab, Usher, Anshal, His Nisham, Shanavanolia. And in honor of the yard site of Miss Meryl Seawick, Mars, Masha, Rachel, Basar, Baron, Olea, Hashalim, Her Nisham, Shanavanolia, and she should be Melo Tisha for her family and all of Kla Yisrael. I think Mars says, Tanar Bunner, we have a Brasa, Eretz Yisrael, Nivris, Tchila, Eretz Yisrael was created first, Vachal Eilam, Kula, Nivril, Basaif, and the rest of the world was created afterwards. Shanamar the Pasuk says, Adlai Asa, Eretz, Vachutzais, before he made the land and the outskirts. And we're understanding over here that the land is Eretz Yisrael and the outskirts is everything else in the world. Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Hashem himself waters it. And the rest of the world is watered by a shliach. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, He gives rain on the land. That's talking about Eretz Yisrael. And he sends water with a shliach to the chutzes, to the outskirts. Eretz Yisrael gets rain water, which is very pure and that's the best water. The rest of the world gets the leftovers. Shinemar says, And so mutter is the pure rain, and maim is just the leftover water. Eretz Yisrael gets water first, and afterwards the rest of the world. Shinemar says, and So we see Eretz Yisrael is first, and then the rest of the world. This is a mashal to someone who's making cheese, and he's taking all the curds, and he's pressing them together. He takes the eichel, he takes the cheese curds, that's the best, and the psilis, which is the way, that's what's left over, he leaves that. Even though it does have benefit to it, the cheese curds, those are the best. Now, in the previous stop, we had machlekes between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua of where our water comes from. Rabbi Lezer had said it comes from all of our oceans. Rabbi Yeshua said it comes from Shemayim. Rabbi Yeshua asked Rabbi Lezer, "How could you say it comes from the oceans? The oceans are full of salty water. We can't use salty water." So Rabbi Lezer says it goes up to Shemayim and gets purified in the clouds. And now the Gemara asks, "Amar How do we know that it gets purified and sweetened in the clouds?" He says, "Ksev the pasuk says, Darkness of the water is the thick clouds of heaven." Ksev another pasuk says, a sieve of water is the thickness of clouds. So how do we understand these two pesukim, which are very similar? Shkel chaf, take the letter chaf from the word cheshchas, veshadi aresh, and throw it onto the word that has a resh, meaning throw it onto the word chashras, the karibay, and now we could read that word as chachsharas. Now chachsharas isn't really a word, but you could switch out the ches for a hey, and that would be read as chachsharas, preparation, meaning chachsharas maim of eshchakim, the preparation, the sweetening, the fixing up of the water is the thickness of the clouds. Rabbi Shua behind the my darish behu. What does Rabbi Shua do with those pesukim? Savrlaki ha, he holds of the following. Came from Omar, he said, they say in Yisrael, if the clouds are light, that means it only has a little bit of water in it. If the clouds are dark, then there's a lot of water in them. And now, once we revisited this machlux between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua, who's the following brice alike? The upper waters of Shemaim, they hang in balance because of the word of Hashem. They're not resting on anything, they're only not falling down because of Hashem's word. And their fruits are rainwater, meaning rainwater is produced in these clouds. The original water stays up in Shemaim, and rainwater is something new that's produced. Shemaim, it says in the Pesach, me prima secha, from the fruit of your works, tis ba'aretz, the land is satisfied. Who's that like? Come on, Krebi Yeshua. It's like Krebi Yeshua, that our rainwater comes from Shemaim, and it's produced there. Rebbe Lezer, what does he do with those Pesachim? Those Pesachim are talking about Maisa Bracious, they're talking about the six days of creation, and they're not talking about rainwater at all. And Amar Bishu Ben Levi, he says, the entire world, it actually gets its water from the leftover water of Gan Eden. Shemaim, it says in the Pesach, v'nahar and a river leaves Aden and it goes to the Gan, and the Pasa continues to water the garden. All the leftover water then comes to the world. And Tan, we have a similar Brice, the runoff of water used to water a base car of land has the ability to water an area of three kav, meaning the excess can water one sixtieth of the original size. The world is one sixtieth of Gan Eden, so the leftover rainwater is sufficient for the whole world. And Tan, Rabban, we have a Brice, Mitzrayim is 400 by 400 Parsois, that's one sixtieth 
the size of Kush, the Kush Echel Mishishim Ba'olam, and Kush is one sixtieth the size of the world, Ba'olam Echel Mishishim Ba'gan, and the world is one sixtieth the size of the garden, Ba'gan Echel Mishishim Ba'eden, and the garden is one sixtieth the size of Eden, it's Gan Eden, it's the garden of Eden, Ba'eden Echel Mishishim Ba'gehenim, and Eden is one sixtieth the size of Gehenim. Nimsa Kalalim Kulai Kikisa Gedele Gehenim. Turns out the whole world is like a little pot cover on top of Gehenim. Vyeshaim, some say Gehenim ain't Lashir. There is no Shir to Gehenim. Vyeshaim, some say Eden and Lashir, that Eden doesn't have a Shir. And I'm Rabbi Shaya, you who dwell by great waters, that's referring to Bavel, you have lots of storage houses. What causes Bavel that all of its storage houses are full of grain? That's because it dwells by a lot of waters. What does that mean? Bavel is very low, so all the waters collect into it, so it has a lot of water there. Amaravi says, Bavel is rich, because they can reap without having to have rain, all the water collects there. And Amrabai, he says, and we have a tradition that Bavel doesn't need rain. Why is that? Because it's very swampy and it's not dry at all. And now back to the Saint Talmudar. The Mishnah says, On the third Marcheshwin, we ask for rain, we say the Saint Talmudar. He says, It's the seventh Marcheshwin, we start saying the Saint Talmudar. Why is that? Because it's Tesvav Yom Achar Chag. It's 15 days after the last day of Sukkot. That's to give enough time for the last Jew that went to be Eil Bavel so he could travel all the way to Nahar Pras. That's the furthest area and to make sure that he doesn't get rained on and that he could cross the river. And now the Gemara says, And Tanya have a bride, so Hanan Yomer, he tells us, in Chutzlaritz, in Bavil and in Chutzlaritz, we're going to save the Saint Talmudar 60 days after the Tkufa, meaning 60 days after the beginning of fall. And Amrav Huna Barchia, Amr Shmuel, he says, They asked Shmuel, When do we start saying Saint Talmudar? Amr Luhi told him, That's when they start bringing wood into the shed of Tavas Rishba. Tavas was a bird trapper. Rishba is a bird trapper, a bird hunter, when they start bringing wood into his shed. So we see it's two different times. The Gemara says, that's not a raya. Perhaps it's the same exact shir. And Ibailu, they asked, That 60th day, is it like before the 60th day and we do not save the Saint Talmater? Or is it like after the 60th day and we do save the Saint Talmater? Tashma, Rav Amar, he says, It's like after 60 and we're going to save the Saint Talmater on that 60th day. Ushmul Amar, he says, It's like before the 60th day, and therefore we're not going to say the same Talamater on the 60th day. And Amr of Nachman Yitzchak, he says, how can you remember who says what? Those that live very high up, they need water. Meaning people that live on mountains and hills, they need water more than people that live down, because water goes from up to down. And how is that going to remind us who says what? Rav, he lived in Eretz Yisrael for a significant portion of time, and Eretz Yisrael is a higher land, so he's saying that we need water, that's why he says that the 60th day is like after the 60th day, and we would have to say the same Talamater. Whereas Tatoi Loi Maya, those that live in lower ground, they do not need water. Shmuel lived in Bavel his whole life, and so he's the one that says that we don't really need to ask for St. Talamater until after the 60th day. That 60th day, we still do not save St. Talamater. And Omar of Papa, he says, The 60th day is like after Shishim, and we're going to save St. Talamater on that 60th day. And now we come to the sugya, which is one of the main parts of our Masechta. The 17th of Cheshvan came, and it didn't rain yet. Very special individuals start fasting three fasts. And they can eat and drink when it's dark, meaning they do not have to start fasting the night before like we do Yom Kippur and Tisha B'av. They can eat the night before. They only have to fast during the day. And on the fast day itself, they're allowed to do work and they're allowed to wash themselves and anoint themselves and wear leather shoes and be involved in Tash B'shamita. It's not as extreme as a fast day as other fast days. Let's say Rosh Chodesh Kislev came, it still hasn't rained. They decree three fast days on the Tzibor on everyone. And once again, the Tzibor that's fasting, they're allowed to eat and drink at night 
time. They do not have to start fasting at night. They only have to start fasting during the day. And they're allowed to do work and they're allowed to wash themselves, anoint themselves, wear leather shoes, and engage in marital relations. And now the Gemara tells us, Who exactly are these Yechidim that are fasting? Amrav Huni says, Rabbanon. It's the rabbis, they fast. Amrav Huni says, Rav Huna says that these Yechidim, they start fasting Monday, the next Thursday, and then the next Monday. The Gemara asks, Makamash Mwana, what exactly is Rav Huna teaching us? Tanina, we already learned that in Mishnah, we're going to learn it later on. And Geyser and Tainus al we're not going to decree a fasting on a Tzibur, but Chila starting out Bechamishi on Thursday. Why not? So that the market prices aren't jacked up. On Thursday, everyone's going to go to the market to produce tons of food for the break fast and for Shabbos. The storekeepers are going to think that a famine is coming because that day was a fast day, and people are stockpiling on food, and they're going to start raising the prices. When we start sending these three fast days, we're only going to start on a Monday, Thursday, and then a Monday. If we fast on a Monday, that's not going to cause the market prices to go up. So we already see we're only going to start fasting on a Monday and not on a Thursday. So what's Rav Huna telling us? So our answer is, we would have thought only from that Mishnah, that's talking about when a Tzibur fasts. When a Tzibur is fasting, then everyone's going to be going to the market buying so much food. So then the storekeepers are going to think that there's a famine and they're going to start raising prices. But when we have a few individuals fasting, we might think that this is not going to be an issue. Even when individuals fast, they only start on a Monday and not on a Thursday. And we have a brass like this. When the individuals start fasting, they start on Monday, then Thursday, then Monday. They're going to pause their sequence of fast days if there's a Shredish in between or one of these minor Yom Tevim that comes up in Megillah's Tainus. And Tan Rabban, we have a Braiso. Al Yamar Adam, a person shouldn't say, Talmud Ani, I'm just considered a Talmud, I'm a student. Any royally as Yachid, I can't be a Yachid, I'm not one of these Chashiv individuals that can fast. Ella called Hamid Chacham Yechidim. Anyone who's a Talmud of a Chacham, he could be like a Yachid and he can also fast. Ezu Yachid, Ezu Talmud. So what's the difference between a Yachid and a Talmud? What's a Yachid? We can appoint him as a leader over the congregation, meaning we can ask him a Dvar Halacha anywhere and he could pass Kanishala for us. Talmud is called You can ask him any halacha with something that he's currently learning, and he'll answer you. Even if he's learning a very small masechta called masechta if he could answer you a halacha question and what he's learning, so he's considered a Talmud. So we have two different levels, a yachid and a Talmud, and both of them should be fasting on these fast days. But now, Tan Rabban, we have a Brahe, so not everyone that wants to treat himself like a yachid or like a Talmud to fast on these fast days is allowed to do so. It looks like he's trying to make himself more chasha than he really is. That's our mayor's opinion. Rabbi Yisrael, he says, Isa, of course a person can make himself like a yachid or like a Talmud and fast on these days. And good for him, he should be remembered for the good. It's not something praiseworthy for him. This is something that causes him to stress. He's fasting. That's not gishmak. That's not very exciting. And therefore, it's not considered like you are all, like he's trying to be super chashiv, even though he's not really. We have another brayso. Not everyone that wants to make himself like a yachid or like a Talmud can do so. He qualifies and says, When is it that we say that was something that's going to bring praise for him if he's going to wear the chash of clothing of a yachid or of a talmud so then he's allowed to do so if he's really not on that level something that's going to ping him pain and distress Isa, he's allowed to do so and he should remember for the good good for him it's not a praise for him he's bringing himself to stress he's fasting and therefore it's okay even though he's not really on the level of a yachid or a talmud someone who's fasting because of a tzara of avra in a past he was fasting for a sick person and that person got healed he has to fast and he has to complete it. He's not allowed to stop in the middle because if he stops in the middle, it's going to look as if the only reason why he was fasting is as if he made a deal with Hashem. I'm only going to fast if you make this person better or if you take away the sorrow, and that's not how it works. So he has to continue and complete his fast. And the Brazil continues, If he goes from a place where they do not fast to a place where their minik is to fast, he has to fast with them because he has to take on the chumras of the place that he now is in. If he goes from a place where they 
do fast, and now he's in a place where they do not fast, he still has to complete his fast. That's because he has to keep the chumras of the place where he's coming from. Let's say, he forgot, and he ate, and he drank, and he's in a place where everyone is fasting. He shouldn't appear in front of the tzibur. He shouldn't show himself to the congregation because they're going to be jealous of him. He's feeling all good about himself. He ate, and he drank, and they're fasting. And he shouldn't indulge himself either. Even though he's not fasting, and he ate, he shouldn't now start eating pizza and ice cream and all sorts of goodies. Because it says in the Pasuk, Yaakov told his sons, Why should you make yourselves conspicuous or obvious? Yaakov was telling his children, You shouldn't show yourselves when you're full, when you have a lot of food, not in front of the sons of Esav, not in front of the sons of Ishmael, so they shouldn't be jealous of you. Even though you have grain and they don't have grain, don't show them that you have grain because they're going to be jealous of you. By that same token, a person who accidentally ate on a fast day, he shouldn't now start indulging himself because people are going to be jealous and it's not a good thing. And now they just learned of instructions that Yaakov gave his children, we have something similar. This is something that Yosef told his brothers. Yosef told his brothers, Don't get involved in Dvar Halacha and entire discussions along the way. Perhaps you're going to become distracted and you're going to lose your way. Ask the Gemara, is that so, that you're really not supposed to learn while you're walking along the way? He says, that are walking along the way, they and they're not talking if they really should be burned. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, and they, referring to Eliyohanavi and Elisha, his Talmud, they were walking and talking. Obviously, they were talking to Tyra. And behold, a fiery chariot and fiery horses appeared by and they separated in between the two of them. And Eliyoh went up in the fiery chariot up to Shemayim. So, time the only reason why they weren't burned is the Ikadibor, is because they were talking and learning. If they weren't talking and learning, then they should have been burned by it. So, we say, like Kash, there's no problem. One is talking about Chazara, you're learning light things. That's what you should be learning along the way. But which is something that needs analysis and you need to involve yourself in it, that's not something you should be learning along the way because then you can get lost. And now we have more about traveling. A person shouldn't take really big steps. A person should bring the sun into the city, meaning when he goes into the city, it should still be light outside. Why not? If a person takes big steps, that takes away one five hundredth of a person's eyesight. He should bring the sun into the city. He should go into the city while it's still light. He says, A person should always leave when it's Kitav, and he should come into the city when it's Kitav. Kitav is referring to when Hashem made light, so that means he should come in when there's light, and he should leave when there's light. How do we know this? It says in the Pasuk, It was light in the morning, and the men were sent off. Yosef sent his brothers only once it became light outside. So you should come into the city when it's light outside, and you should leave when it's light. And more about traveling. Someone is going along the way, he shouldn't eat any more than he would eat if it was a year of famine. My time, why is that? So, over here, they explain because of his insides. When he's traveling along the way, that causes problems with his insides. He's walking, he's traveling, and it's challenging for his stomach to process all the food. So, therefore, he should eat a little bit of food. They say because he has to make sure to ration his food. If he's traveling, he doesn't know when he's going to get food next, so he should eat very little just to make sure he has sufficient food for the journey. What's the difference between these two understandings? The difference is, he's sitting in a boat so then he doesn't have the issues of his stomach hurting him because he's just sitting on the boat so he could eat as much as he wants however he still would have to ration his food Inami or he's going from in to in so he for sure is going to have enough food so he technically could eat as much as he wants however since he's traveling from in to in he should make sure to limit his food intake because his stomach might hurt him now if Papa every single parsa ate a whole loaf of bread he held that the whole reason why you shouldn't eat a lot is because you might have stomach issues and Papa was a very large person and he didn't have this problem of stomach issues
issues, and therefore he was able to eat a lot. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about a year of famine. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.